where have I been? Baron, what the fuck? Where have you been? It's been months since you posted something. Months. What the fuckle duckles? Baron, if you had any momentum, whew, you lost it. You lost it because I was wanting to uh, fucking have something and then you didn't have anything. And then you had that weird thing where you switched your podcast feed from Libsyn to SoundCloud and SoundCloud just kept reposting everything over and over again. And you got hate mail from people from the All Things Comedy uh, website that were like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you keep posting everything over and over again? And it posted like 300 episodes in repeat. Just just nothing but duplicates, and you had to get it out of there. That's really the last real action you've had, Baron, besides that podcast with Emily Maya Mills. Well, I'll tell you guys. I've been fucking busy. I'm sorry. I've been really busy. been busy and distracted and stressed, and... um. This podcast kind of became like a phone call I need to make to a really good friend that I haven't talked to in a long time. That's kind of what happens. I, I, I have a fear of the phone now because I like to give people time. I like to – if I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to fucking talk to you. I don't want to just talk to you for 15 minutes because we talked. I want to know. I want to know what you're about, what, what you've been up to, what's going on in your head, what's going on in your fucking heart. And I'm assuming that you're going to want to know that same thing for me. So if it's been a long time since I talked to you, I'm like, oh, I got to put time aside to talk to that really close friend. Then the time comes and then we can't do it. And then more shit happens. And then the impending conversation that hasn't happened becomes longer and longer in my head and more and more overwhelming. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I can't even call that person. I, I need to set aside four hours to talk to that person. Now, I don't have four hours that I can set aside. Son of a bitch. It's all fake. It's all fake, but I, I, I get all stressed about it. And that's basically what happened with this podcast. I was like, son of a bitch, I need to set aside the time to post the blah and to do the blee and the fleek of flugs and the flaggy fleegs. I was like, I need to listen back to this episode. But fuck it. Here I am. Born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Just so, you know, you know how black people love the movie Highlander. Anyway, guys, um, this is Deep Shit. Welcome to it. And finally, for your uh, listening pleasure, this is the live podcast from Los Angeles PodFest, which happened months ago. Um, but it's taken me a long-ass time to post this because so much has been happening. What's been happening? Well, I'll tell you. I was touring nonstop. Just trying to get ahead of these financial problems that a lot of you guys have heard about. So I got lucky with some uh, consistent bookings at different cities, but I wasn't really spending a lot of time in L.A. When I was here, I was just kind of fucking passed out, just sitting uh, in a relationship, hanging out with that person a lot, and we might not be together anymore. We have officially broken up, but we're still talking and um, we're both confused, and we both hurt, and we both want to be with each other, but we do not know how that is supposed to fucking work. <laughs> that's what's ironic. Ironical? That's what's, that, what is ironic? That's ironic. It's what, is, it's what doesn't really uh, line up. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm just saying that, like, love is easy. Love is easy easy we're built to love we're literally built to love other people we we our instinct is to love and connect but everything else <laughs> gets in the way the universe the fucking 
having to pay your bills, feeling stressed, not having enough time. That's a that's an old saying or a, a nice popular saying like love it. Love is limitless, but time is not. And uh, so when I had some time, I hung out with her when I could and then just kept putting off doing the podcast like, oh, I got to fucking do the thing. But when I feel like I have the free time to do it at 11 a.m., uh, 11 p.m. after I've woken up at 9 a.m. and just been going hard all day and planes, planes, trains and automobiles. And anyway, here's the fucking podcast. And uh, I have already recorded a couple new episodes that um, after the new year, I will start to post. Um, and then I'm, I got some stuff in the, in the books, po- getting more podcasts, backlogging that shit. So that way I have it talking to people about good stuff and, and, and having fun with it. But yeah, touring, it's been crazy Two uh, I've been all around the world and I, yeah, I, I can't have my, but whatever the fuck that song is. I went to Denver, Colorado. I did a show there called the Grolics. Um, the Grolics is a group, a troupe that consists of three guys. It's a, it's an idea. Ben Roy, Andrew Orvidal, and Adam Caton Holland. Three very good people, nice people, and amazing stand-up comedians. Amazing. And what's interesting about it is that they're like they're the best. They're the best of friends. They spend a lot of time together. They do shitloads of shows together. But they're also fucking different from each other. They have completely different styles, unique styles, which is kind of incredible with how much when you're around a person or a a group of people a lot, you kind of all start to kind of have the same habits. So it's kind of amazing that those three guys have really maintained their individual unique voices with how much time they spend with each other. But they have a show that's every month in Denver. If you're in Denver, and you don't know about the Grolics. First of all, if you listen to my podcast, you know about the Grolics if you're in Denver. Because that's how fucking cool you are. And if you don't know, well, just fucking don't tell anyone. Just fucking go next time. It's a monthly show that they do at this place called the Bug Theater. It was in fucking credible. I got lucky. Amber Tozer and Dave Ross were in town for the holidays because it was right after Thanksgiving. They stopped by. TJ Miller was in town for the holiday a well, while and he stopped by. So it was like a really great show. I did probably a 30 minute set maybe a little less of fucking riffing and just i felt like i was in the fucking zone and i was unadulterated me which is a rare rare feeling for me as hard as i am on myself as you listeners know i can be so it was just amazing and i was like i I think you guys are going to ruin me on comedy on audiences like i'm going to want this audience right now tonight everywhere that i go and it can never happen again and that really makes me kind of upset uh, but Denver was great, and I stayed at Adam Caitlin Holland's house and did all these other local shows and just like, wow, there's amazing shit happening in Denver. Like, there's a lot of great comics. There's a really nice, strong community there of people. Um, there's a camaraderie. There's not this competition of, oh, there's only this much or this much to go around for this few people. They They kind of keep each other on task and push each other and just get better and better and better. It's kind of amazing which is it's inspiring to see and all these young comics that I, I met that are fucking incredible. <laughs> They're way better than I was at their level. So that was cool to do that and experience Denver as a local comic instead of just, oh, I'm going to be at this club and this hotel that's down the street from the club and just see downtown. It was nice to actually be in Denver and feel like I, I was there for real. Um, the other thing I got to do, which was really fucking cool, 
I was to go to Korea. And um, that is, it's going to come up a lot on some of these other podcasts. It's just, and I'm working on material about it, just about travel in general. Korea is fucking really crazy. I went with Ben Kronberg, who also had a half hour with myself with the Comedy Central half hours. Ben Kronberg, who's from Denver and uh, was part of that scene. Uh, and I have an episode, I have a podcast with Ben Kronberg that's going to go up as well. Um, Korea was fascinating, and, and the guys that are running the scene out there are, are pretty amazing. I mean, it's all Americans and Canadians because stand-up is an American art form or North American art form, North American English-speaking art form. Although in Mexico, which I also went to, fucking Cabo San Lucas, there is a scene of, if you will, alt-comedians that are doing American-style comedy in Mexico City. And I uh, I didn't get to see any of them perform, but I heard they're fucking incredible and uh, super smart and super cool, and, and they know what's what. So that's really fucking cool to hear. Um, so, yeah, Korea was cool, and uh, I'll talk more about it. You'll hear more about it here and there. I had the most intense jet lag I've ever had in my fucking life. Um, also, it, it's all connecting to some sort of ultimately some ultimate spiritual journey that's what 2014 is going to be like for me this this must end you guys have heard me just fucking in the dregs of my depression that's what's so interesting about depression you're so convincing to yourself of your own bullshit <laughs> it's hard to get out of it and and it's just me admitting that i'm depressed is like a huge thing but then also like Everyone's depressed. So it, that also makes you not do anything about it. Or me. I go, everyone's fucking depressed. I'm not unique or original in this situation. And thus, I should just be depressed, I guess I decide subconsciously. That's just how it is. This is depressing. This is hard, what I'm doing. and uh, But I'm doing it. That's good. So why don't I just fucking shut the fuck up and buck up and shut the fuck up? But I have to admit that I, I guess I do need some help ultimately. I'm trying to go to, to figure out some therapy shit maybe. Or drugs. Intense, intense drugs. Specifically ayahuasca. My friend Mandy, Mandy Bardsley, go listen to her podcast on institutions. She's been on an interesting journey because of what's going on with her. And ultimately, she came around to having done ayahuasca a few times in it changing her life for the better and her health has improved greatly in strange and mysterious you might want to say magical ways ways that she knew was going to happen because she was told that it would happen she was also told by whoever she is it is that she met that i'm supposed to do fucking ayahuasca they called for me i've been summoned by the realm of spirits. And uh, so now I'm going to do ayahuasca because that's how deep my need to be liked is. <laughs> it extends to the spirit realm. I'm like, yeah, but what does the serpent god think of me? So that's going to happen. Um, also, I'm going to do a live podcast. Speaking of live podcast, which is what this one is, I'm doing San Francisco Sketch Fest. I'm going to be there, I believe it's January 26th. It's a Sunday. I'm going to do a live version of this podcast at 4 p.m. I believe it's going to be at the San Francisco Punchline. They haven't really told me yet. 
but uh, I'm going to do it very differently than this podcast because this one kind of taught me a lot about what does and doesn't work. I think that I kind of went overboard with this one a little bit. I was a little too ambitious. I got two comedians, Hassan Minaj, who I call Hassan. That is the correct pronunciation, even though he told me that he's used to everyone saying Hassan. So when he hears Hassan, he's like, is my mom calling me? That's the correct pronunciation of his name. But I was saying Hassan for a long time, and I decided in my own head that it was disrespectful to him to say his name incorrectly. But he accepts both. And I think he actually prefers Hassan So he, he uh, when it's not his mom. <laughs> he prefers Hassan, it seems. So it's Hassan Minaj and Dave Ross. Dave Ross, who's going to be a singular guest on this podcast at some point. Um, and then I, Dr. Pierre Grimes. And I, you guys had heard me talk about him a lot. He's a Socratic Methodist. <laughs> it's not a thing. Philosophical midwifery. And uh, interesting guy. So the thing is that, like, Dave and I and Hassan all know each other, and we're comedians, and we have a we have an established rhythm. So I feel like putting Pierre there, who is an incredibly educated, incredibly smart man, was kind of it was a lot. Um, also, there's sound problems galore in this because it was a live show, so the microphones were on. Mike, little tiny Mac stands, Mike stands, but Dave and Hassan and I are comics and we know how to talk into mics, whereas Dr. Pierre Grimes does not. And there was an audience there, so of course he's talking to the people in the room. So you're going to have to strain your ears a little bit to hear some of what he has to say. I, there's not really a lot I can do about these problems. Um, uh, when I listened to it, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Um, but. I apologize. There's, there's going to be more sound problems than some of these other podcasts. I just did one with Beth Lapidus, um, which has a lot of sound problems in it uh, because I've been letting people hold their own mics. And so uh, I need to stop doing that. And uh depends or just give clearer instructions on how to hold the mic so that way I know that I'm getting the fucking sound. And, um, yeah, so there's some sound problems in it, so I apologize for that. But I feel like some of the ideas, obviously a lot of the ideas in it are – worth it um and i think that dave and hassan got a little frustrated with with dr grimes they got frustrated because i think they think that he was stuck on a on a particular subject or or st stuck on the subject of humor because basically what i tried to do is i tried to to say let's just free associate on every uh subject that i've covered so far which was a little messy of course um but i don't know if dr grimes thought uh, we were supposed to be talking about humor or because he knows we're all comedians that ultimately that is our predominant way to see anything. That is the lens we filter everything through is our senses of humor. And so I think that Hassan and Dave were a little frustrated with him. Um, and I was trying to tie it all together, which I think I did in the end. But I also think that uh, Dr. Grimes had some really interesting things to say. It's interesting how I think as young people, younger people, we're so interested in answers. We want answers, 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 answers. But I think that we don't know how to ask questions a lot of the times. We don't know exactly what questions it is we want answers to. We just want answers. I think as we get older, maybe 
we start to think about the questions more and realize that there aren't answers to some things. Sometimes asking the question is in itself the thing you need to do, figuring out what it is you have a question about. And the answer is experiential. There's no one thing that sums all of that up. And I think that that's some, is it, is it school? Is it like, oh, there's always an answer. There's an answer to everything. It's in the back of the book. And we think that being old is the back of the book. You get to a certain age, and now you know all the fucking answers. Now you can go back to page 16, and you know that uh, question 42, the answer is A. Now that I'm this age, I know the answer is A. And maybe it doesn't work like that at all. And um, I'm going to also include uh, at the end of this podcast a little interview that happened on Andy Peters' podcast, Wandertown, which also has some sound problems with it. Um, and that was no audience. It was all of us, me, Hassan, I think Dave had to go, me, Hassan, Dr. Grimes, this girl, Keisha, who is the one who uh, introduced Dr. Grimes to us, and um, Andy talking about stuff. And Hassan asked Dr. Grimes uh, a question that uh, I think – clears up a lot of what was happening on the podcast. Um, also, also, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but also Dr. Grimes may be a little hard of hearing. And I didn't tell that to Dave and Hassan <laughs> because I thought it would be fine. Um, but that's enough disclaimer. So many fucking disclaimers. So I will let you listen to it now. This has been me talking into a microphone for 18 minutes. And here is the motherfucking pod of a cast. I know this is annoying. I'm sorry. Here it is. You know the day destroys the night. Divides a day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Yeah. Uh, thank you to you guys for showing up. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to your host for this show. Uh, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, by the way, you're you're smaller number, and this is a hot room. But this, because uh, uh, so, give it some. Because yeah, like, just just be be effusive. Like, cause this this is a great show, and these are some great comedians, and it's a two way process, and this is a live recording. So the more love you send this way, the more fun and the more engaging they'll be, and the more fun everyone will have. So be wonderful. Be gr you're in for an absolute treat. Uh, will you please welcome the host of Deep Shit with Baron Vaughn, Mr. Baron Vaughn? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Oh, this mic is, uh, is is slightly hot, and I'm loud as a mofo. So it'll be it'll be fun time. Uh, thank you very much for being here, guys. I really appreciate it. I want to admit right from the uh, start, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, this is uh, the first live podcast I've ever done in front of uh, people whose eyes I can see, just boring into my soul uh, or the spirit. If you're a Jehovah's Witness, it's a very technical thing. Um, so what I'm going to do today, uh, I have uh, two comedian guests right here, bookending. This is uh, Hassan Minaj. Yes. Also known as Hassan, but Hassan, <laughs> if you want to be correct. Yes. And this is Dave Ross at the other end. Hello. Woo! 
And uh, right here next to me is uh, Dr. Pierre Grimes. Hello, doctor. How are you? Um, so if you are not familiar with my podcast, usually what I do is I have my guest pick a quote-unquote big life theme that they are thinking about, struggling with, coming back to. It keeps repeating in, in their lives, and we just kind of uh, get into it share our experiences that inform our relationship to that topic, um, tell stories that have to do with it, and just and then also litter it with dick jokes. If we can do all those things, then it becomes funny. You were gonna say something? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so what I asked, I asked uh, Dave and uh, Hassan to pick five topics out of all the topics I've covered on my podcast so far, and uh, perhaps at the end we will uh, have a chance for you mofos to ask some questions. And I say mofos in like the nice way. Like how my family says it at Thanksgiving. Pass the potatoes, mofo. I love you, mofo. Thank you. I appreciate your presence in my life, mofo. Stuff like that. Um, so here are the topics that I um, sent out. Family, truth, ignorance, perception, manhood, longevity, vulgarity, honesty, self-sabotage, negativity, Jealousy, fun, vanity, <laughs> age, parenting, death, trust, structure, jokes, sanity, responsibility, consideration, control, presentation, friendship, failure, now, rap music, <laughs> defensiveness, Self-consciousness, identity, depression, anger, kindness, patience, regret, time, darkness, relationships, institutions, justice, innovation, loneliness, frivolity, race, fear, transition, anxiety, understanding, viewpoints, heroes, <laughs> mortality, human nature, belonging, isolation, balance, passion. Uh, sorry, my Shakespeare training just kicked in right there. Um, and that's our show. Thank you for coming thank out. Thank you so uh, much for coming, you guys. That was deep shit with uh, Baron Vaughn. No, that's how some people pronounce it. <laughs> that's that's how some people who love him pronounce it. Well, I was just Listen every week. It's a big list every week, we promise. <laughs> yeah, I was just in Mexico, so yes, a couple people did say it. Baron, uh, which... Baron? <laughs> Baron? Uh, Baron Weilhin. Um, that's, I don't know if that's racist, but it's just accurate. That's what, how people said my name. So anyway, uh, if any of those, I saw some people get some feelings in their bones, in the marrow. Uh, so if any of those, think of what you might want to ask that's based on any of those ideas, if you want. If we get to that, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, um, let's begin, didn't we? Um, you got something to say? I can just I can feel the energy off of you. Wait, are we okay? So the, what are the what are the rules for this? Well, what are the five subjects that you chose? I only was able to choose three. Ah, oh. yeah, but there I was I was really into. And those they were three. all rap music. Yeah, all of them. I was like rap music, rap music, <laughs> rap music, Dylon, Dylon. Okay. Remember that Chappelle show sketch? And what about you, Dave? Uh, I chose five. I wrote them down. Oh um, man. I picked justice, heroes, honesty, parenting, and manhood. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. What about you? Happiness, anxiety, death. <laughs> Whoa. Which are really the three stages of life, aren't they? You're like, hey, I'm here. Yikes, I'm here. I'm kind here. of, yeah. And now it's over. 
I, I wanted to pick the ones where I could kind of take the most wisdom away from. By the way, Dr. Pierre, your website is awesome. Can I just say that? Just doing some little, little research. <laughs> yeah, because it was, it, it was one of those things where, okay, so oh, right I, I, saw the, I saw the website, right? And um, if you, have, you got, if you, have you guys seen his website? When you look at it, it's, it's very, there, part of it is it's kind of, it's an old school, kind of early internet looking yeah. website. So there was part of me, when, when Baron sent it to me, I was like, is this some sort of joke? <laughs> but then when I saw your thing on Platoism online, it was like, no, this guy's for real. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, it was serious. I just want to know one thing. Uh -huh. What's the difference between tragedy and comedy when humor is our subject? What is it? Is it supposed to be time? Time? We can do this. Uh, what's the difference between tragedy and comedy? Is that what you asked? Um, in tragedy, everyone dies. In comedy, if you're not funny, we call it, I died. Nope, I thought that was going to be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it was not. It was um, like a case study. You wanted to show what it was like to die in comedy. Yeah. So, com so thank you for that. So comedy is supposed to be comedy equals tragedy plus time, right? Did you think the same person who's good at one is equally good at the other? Not or do they well, I think that one people doing one and not the other. I know that there's one way of looking at it where tragedy, tragedy and comedy are both a type of content. They're both like a type of mm -hmm. play. They're both they're both a type of film or whatever. But I think tragedy is a type of event, and comedy is something that's used to explain it. That's what I. That's why I think they're interrelated because. Yeah. Comedy it doesn't happen to you, but tragedy does. Someone dies. And comedy is a particular way of dealing with that or understanding it or explaining it to yourself or the world that makes you feel better. You know? Well, it could be. It could be. Wait a minute. That was really great. No, that was <laughs> that whole great. list that, was that you gave, among them, I think you started with one word, ignorance. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I'd say, does ignorance play a major role in comedy? It can, yes. Can um, we make fun of people who are ignorant? But we could also feign ignorance. I think there's a lot of feigning ignorance in stand-up comedy, in comedians. And I think you kind of have to dumb down something in order to understand it yourself and make it palatable to a crowd that doesn't know what you're talking about. You know, I notice even the smartest comedians doing that, being like, well, I'm going to take sort of a dumber approach in order to get the joke out of this. So what would <laughs> politics be without humor? Humor is the only thing that breaks through this ridiculous situation we're in. It can be, yes, definitely. Right. Yeah, definitely. A good comic act against the existing system we're in can shatter the whole thing. It's true. Hey, it's I heard a good story about the Pope. Everyone wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> Bang, right? Especially because hey, I've never one, heard of a good story about the Pope. I got one on Bush. Oh, <laughs> I got one on Obama. Uh-oh. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> right? Careful. Sure, sure, sure. Right? He's untouchable. Yeah. No, sure. that's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, I know what you meant by that, though. If people are way more likely to listen to you if you're shitting on Bush, if you're shitting on the religious right. It took a lot more. For, it takes a lot more for people in comedy and in art to, to take an insult toward a liberal politician, you know? Now people are finally coming around and realizing that he's, like, shooting robots at un innocent people and stuff. Uh Having robots that's shoot. Such a, that's such a yeah. cute way to describe drones. They're, they're just little robots that shoot. Yeah. Oh, like Iron Giant? Yeah, kind of like that, but yeah. they like kill yeah. lots of people. They're like micro-machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like <laughs> okay, let's spin one. All right? Sure. Can you spin a comedy on the Tea Party? 
Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Maybe. Come on, Wait, that's that's where we're at. Do you mean the original Tea Party? Like in uh, no man, them tea baggers, son. I found out that there's not one of those Tea Party peoples that are into coffee. <laughs> True. Um, that's their problem, man. That's already a good joke <laughs> in itself. Uh, you want more of that? Hey, hey! I don't know. I did that. Um, what was I saying? I forgot. I lost. I lost everything. <laughs> so save me. You were supposed to write a tea party joke, man. Yeah, he's you gotta have a teabagger yeah. joke. Ten seconds. A tea party joke. Uh. You know, but, that could have been Last Comic Standing. This sounds very like the way you were just like, tea party joke, go. Well, that's like, Iron Comic is like that. Uh, yeah, Iron Comic is, yeah, 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 yeah. Where you have to improvise. Uh, right. Also, right. Uh, set lists can be a little like that as well. Right. These are shows where, like, we as comics are faced with a subject that we don't have any material on, and then we just have to make it up on the spot, as opposed to... Uh, Your written we, material. When we get yeah. to structure it and think about it and try it out. Uh, hello, Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Uh, I said I was going to do that. I said I was going to be like, a lot of this podcast is going to be being like, hey, please take a seat. Yeah, come on in. Uh, so people listening at home, someone just walked in. <laughs> okay. Not, not awkward that I keep talking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not... She, actually, we do have something new. Can you list all the words again? Oh, uh, ooh, no. Yeah. This is going to take a while. Um, well, let's, let's start with some sort of, I guess, subject. Uh, Dave, go ahead. You had some notes well, you had on a, on a thing. You know and, what? And, Doctor, I'm just going to... Do you mind if I call you Doctor? Should I call you Pierre? PG? Gotcha. <laughs> I, re- I, I really like PG. Dr. Pierre. I really like that. By Dr. the way, Pierre. can I ask you a question, Dr. Pierre? Nope. What type of comedy do you find more funny? Like, do you find comedy that's like funny for funny's sake, like i.e. like a fart joke or like somebody somebody getting hit in the head or the balls, <laughs> right? Just like a funny thing in and of itself. Or comedy that's like, that what you're kind of just talking about, like it's like poignant and is like hard hitting well, and uh, tackles know, issues. Uh, I was present at what I thought was one of the greatest jokes I ever heard. Uh-huh. Only it was real. I was giving a, a talk at the University of Santa Cruz. I do philosophical explorations. And so when someone has a problem, I like to explore it. So this kid has a problem. He can't finish his work without, he needs an A grade to get out, and he's doing miserable B grades, and he can't do his paper. So I said, "Um, what's it like when you're stuck? He said, I get angry as hell. I said, oh good, what do you do with your anger? He said, you know what it reminds me of when I was a kid? Me and my brother, we used to get into the fights. My father put us down in the basement, we'd bang one another up, my sister would be in the background watching. And finally, one day, my father was so angry, he finally came downstairs, opened up the door, and he saw what was going on. You know what was going on? He said, I had a pistol, my father's pistol. And I pointed it to my brother, and I said, I'll tell you what, if you don't shut up, I'm going to blow your brains off. And his <laughs> brother said, you're so stupid, it'll probably backfire on you, you dope. I like that. opens up the door. He sees what's going on, he listens, he turns around, he drops his trousers, shows his bare butt, lays a fart, it stinks up the whole place, closes up and goes upstairs. <laughs> I mean, that's a great one. <laughs> that is, I gave the story before a couple hundred people. I loved it, you know? That's humor. <laughs> that, that's real. That's real. It did, and, yeah. I had to do it, and I had to be up there, you know. Mm-hmm. Busting all the dumb. 
Well, it definitely diffuses the situation. <laughs> this, see, I think you started off right. Ignorance. And then in the middle of your talk, in the beginning, you used the word understanding. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the most interesting present comic scene? See, scene, what if they made a whole play that's comic? That's the difference between modern and ancient. Mm -hmm. The Greeks used to put on a whole play that was comic. You mean we like the plays were conceptually funny? They were for, like so the idea itself was for the purpose so of making the audience laugh? So wouldn't Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon would be that, right? The whole play is satire? Yeah, then they, the whole they create one, one story. Like, hey, you know what? Greeks are tired. The women are tired of their men going to war. What do they do? They get together and they say, okay, let's go together. No more sex unless they stop going to war. That's a theme. Think you can play that for an hour? Oh, definitely. And how? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're talking about Lysistrata, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, theater school. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, well, you know what? Actually, why don't you talk a little about what, what it is that you, uh, you do, doctor? Because I, I know that these two gentlemen have some questions about uh, your work. But the audience here, from this side over, <laughs> this side, pretty familiar. This side over... Not that, maybe not that. Oh, are you guys all familiar with with that? Oh, they came, okay. They came, they came with him. Oh, that's that's. This is your philosophical entourage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One of the no, 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 because, just okay, moved okay, okay, sides okay. of the room to display her uh, knowledge knowledge of Dr. Grimes. To talk yeah. about one of the themes mm -hmm. that 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 Baron brought up, perception. Because the first thing when when you sent said look look him up, and then I went to your website, and it's the GeoCities website of like well, I think there's like a, a white dude like kind of meditating, and I'm like <laughs> oh man, is this some Hare Krishna shit? <laughs> and that was my first perception, right? But then. Uh, I went on YouTube and I saw some pretty interesting stuff, but I got, kind of got lost in it. I'm like, okay, but this is legit. Well, uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit about what your work is for the people that aren't uh, familiar? Um, I study myself, and that's the biggest joke I know of. I mean, really, there's not a problem I've had that I've ever had that everybody I know, I take it very seriously. I got a problem. They laugh like hell at me. Therefore, wouldn't you agree? that if we take any tragedy, someone with a good mind can turn it into a comedy. What's that switch? What's that switch? My background Oh, I is see what you're saying. I explore human problems because I'm interested in my own. But in way of exploring problems, you can then explore other people with the same strategy. You've got to understand what's the root of a person's ignorance. If you can understand that, it's both tragic and comic. Wouldn't you agree, no matter what problem you know any of your friends have, you can sit around and laugh at them? Depends. Right? So therefore, would you agree, Dave? Yeah, yeah. What's the switch that can make someone's life tragic among us, the outsiders, chuckle? <laughs> well, I think the switch is uh, acceptance, right? I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I'm very interested in my own problems. I'm, one of the reasons I love comedy is that... There, it stand-up especially has this ability to, it, it has like an extreme relatability to it, especially like very good stand-up. So it has this ability to let people know that they're not alone. You can talk about a problem with you, something that's wrong with you, something you've done in your life, and a person in the audience can be like, oh my God, I do that exact thing. And the fact that there's humor around it, that it's making them laugh, it adds like a confidence to it. It makes it okay. That's my favorite thing about comedy. Uh, and so... 
So I think that, that what turns tragedy into comedy is the comedian, whoever it is, whoever wants to tell other people about the tragedy, saying that it's okay, accepting that it's happened, that life will go on, that the world will move on, and once you've reached peace with it, then you can, like, you can laugh with it. You know what I mean? I think that's really what it is. You know, um, <clears throat> Steven Soderbergh, who is a great director, recently did a talk at the San Francisco International Film Festival called The State of Cinema. And in, in it, he said that cinema is art. A movie is just a movie, but a cinema is, some, cinema is something that would not be able to exist were it not for the vision of a specific director, writer, producer, et cetera, et cetera. But he talked about how art is inevitable because it's been around for so long. And everyone wants to say, well, there's no real use for it. It's just, it's frivolous. But he said something about how art is, uh, it's a means of solving a problem. So when you think of like tragedy plus time, once you've lived through the tragedy and you've had enough time to think about it, you look back, you can look back and say, well, here's how I got out of that situation. Here's how I solved that situation for myself emotionally, internally, and then you can present that to other person. I've been to this place, had these feelings, these thoughts, and this is how I dealt with it. And, uh, and if you do it with a, with a joke, uh, a lot of times people can process that and use that information for their own lives. Did any of that make any sense? No, it yeah, did. yeah. No, 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 no talking completely. about adding perspective to a situation. Yeah. I mean, that's totally what it takes. Also, I love, yeah, it's, I don't know exactly what it is about laughter, about, about laughing with someone and laughing at something someone told you. There's something about that that makes whatever it is totally okay with you. Yeah. I don't know why. why. It's liberating. It, it is liberating. I, I guess it's cathartic. I, it's no, a release. I, yeah. People can, people, when they're into humor, they show what state of mind they're in. Would you agree? To catch a joke means you get the insight. Therefore, good comedians are waking up people's minds. Sure. And have fun and see. By the way, let's see what we can design out of comedy. And I'll set <laughs> people involved, okay? Sure. Okay. That sounds fun. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Buddha. Okay. Moses. And a bartender. Right. Well, they would <laughs> walk into a bar. They're all in a bar. <laughs> can we make a comedy out of them? What was that huge evangelicals? What will that do to the whole movement? Them. Like we're going to face a war, aren't we? We're right. We're desperately close to an international war. Is it possible we can make fun of them all to blow away their steam? Man, I wish. It seems. I think the reason it's so hard with religion is that it takes it takes blind faith to believe in religion. You know what I mean? You it, you have to like you have to be turning away. Uh, empirical evidence that it's not true, <laughs> you know? And I'm not saying it's not okay to believe in religion. It's totally fine. Are you an atheist? I am, I am whatever. I don't know. I don't, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm an atheist. I don't care. Uh, that's what people say. No. Oh, Dave, Dave, <laughs> when, when you say you don't care, do you mean like, I don't care to think of any of that stuff right now? No, I, I mean, I don't care whether or not there's a God. I don't care oh, at wow. all. Like, I don't, that's life is life. That's super interesting. Uh, yeah, that's super I think... I, yeah, people say, like, oh, you're agnostic because you think maybe there is a God. And, like, I think maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe you can make a car out of candy, but I'm not going to try. Like, I don't, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> getting around would be delicious. <laughs> Am I right? It runs on happiness <laughs> and sugar. So, wait, so when you're um, assigning meaning to stuff where you're just like, what does this mean? 
because usually kind of like religious dogma helps place meaning of like all of like a lot of life which is in, insanity you know sure so how do you assign meaning to that well i am sort of hitting a wall now because i'm becoming incredibly afraid of death i uh i turned 30 it was like and so for like a past when oh, i turned death 30 is so close Dude, once you're 30, you get like four or five it's years. It's <laughs> no longer comics, he's 30. Exactly. It's not funny, you're just 30. No, it's because the, it's the, f the first number ticked up, and it's like, oh, this isn't a game anymore, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to fucking die someday. And I, like, it really set in for me. Yeah. It's the first time I ever really conceptualized my own death. And, uh, yeah. and, but I also, so I, I do now care that I am going to die and that I exist, but I... So I'm starting to wonder if uh, religion is something that I'd be interested in in my life, but I don't, I, I don't have the belief it's not there. So how do I, how do I deal with it? I, it makes me sad. <laughs> that's, that's how I deal with it. Dr. Pierre, what do you think happens when you die? Chad, uh, what do you think God was doing before he created the world? I can't even. He was creating a hell for guys like you who asked the question. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, um so you're 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 faced with your mortality, Dave. Yes. And so you're looking at religion as something to possibly release you from the inevitability? No, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be looking to it, but it is I think that's where most of like religion started, right? A way to explain the unexplained. Uh, a way to comfort you through life in the reality that you're going to die. Yeah, like, where know? did I come from? Why am I here? Well, what, I mean, what happens to me after I go? Right? I, I would say you, that's where belief systems started. Religion is all different thing, like organized religion. Oh, that's true. Where people group together and sure. discuss these things. Sure. Right, but they're, they're intertwined now. Wait, you're right. Wait, wait, wait. You're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, the other thing that's interesting for me now is that I, this was... I, I haven't talked about this, by the way, uh, anywhere. I brought it up briefly once at a stand-up show. Uh, it's hard to talk about. My mother was just diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, and it has left me, like, bedridden a lot of days. Like, it's like I've made me really upset. And so I'm dealing with her mortality now, too. And... Uh, and it's very interesting. I guess I am an atheist because I don't believe in God. In fact, I don't think there's a God, you know. But I, when I say I don't care, it's also because, like, I believe. I, I like that you believe. That's great. I think that's awesome. I just, whatever, you know. It's interesting to be thinking about the fact that I'm going to die and knowing that she is and me and being, it's a helpless feeling. It's, uh, I don't want her to die and I don't want to die either. But we're both going to and, uh. I, you know what? Uh, do you think death is an experience? I wonder. I really wonder. It can't be. Well, it can't be. Why, why it can't or it can? Because if it's an experience, you'd be experiencing it, and then you wouldn't be dead. That's true, but they also do say is that, a joke? that I have no idea. <laughs> it is. It is kind of funny. Well, they also say that. Uh, you know, there's that drug in your brain, DMT, that is supposedly released when you die that is, like, an incredibly potent acid trip, you know? And, like, I've read these things that say that that's the reason that people think there's a light at the end of the tunnel because they, like, they flatline for a second and then that drug is released in their brain and they, like, hard trip for a second and then they're, like, shocked back into life. 
So, I mean, maybe death is an experience, you know? Well, let me ask you, do you think there's any place in heaven for humor? Uh, oh, there better be. It's my favorite thing. No, there's not. <laughs> you say no, there's not. No, I mean, because... because no, you, no, no, do you no, no, say no. because they no? Have, they have a thug's mansion. Tupac said that, so... <laughs> no, no place for humor. I, don't yeah, I heard that heaven has a ghetto. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, heaven does have a ghetto, from what I understand. <laughs> if, if, humor, if humor is a means of, of dealing with life oh, or problems... There are no problems in heaven. That's the point of it. But humor isn't. It doesn't paradise. only. It doesn't only serve as a press oh, release. Isn't that it's silliness how too. Everything is. That's what is, I was saying. Up front, to us. sometimes well, it's just if silly. You, for if the you're sake. going yeah. to heaven, you better drop all your problems then. Right. Lay down your no, load. Well, what a bounce that but would there, make. But you can still laugh at silliness, like Hassan was saying. At a fu- the, literally the funniest thing in the world is someone falling off a skateboard. It nothing it's will so ever be funnier whoa. than it's that. It's so funny. Did you say it literally? Is really funny. You think that's the funniest thing in the world? Dude, you can argue all you want, but we'll we could walk out of here and see a kid fall off a skateboard, and we would all cry laughing. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> defi- that's definitely up there with uh, when I still see people fall downstairs on YouTube. It's so yeah, funny man. to me. I don't. It's, it's funny than anything any of us I will know, ever it, write. It inflicted a lot of damage on them, and it hurt a lot. I don't know why it's so funny. They'll crumble. Slapstick, like, man. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, so funny to me. I mean, it's the I'm reason not you, like an evil person. I swear to God, it's, it's like, the reason you can't beat Harpo Marx, man. He's like, he's maybe the funniest. He's so funny, he just runs into shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, so, so Jesus, Buddha, and Moses all, yes. all walk into a bar. Three consecutive banana peel slips. <laughs> Nope. Oh, okay. Good night. <laughs> you spilled that water right there. No, What's I was laughing, you know, bro. You know what's interesting We're about that premise, though? No one would be drinking in that premise. They don't, they didn't dr- <laughs> no, why would they be at a bar? They, like, Jesus uh, drank. Jesus, Jesus drank? Did Jesus yeah, drink? Yeah, man, you turn water into wine. Oh, bro. yeah, that's true. That's he could true. drink whenever he wanted to. If he that, had liquid. that is true. That is true. And Buddha drank everything in moderation, you know? Right. 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 I think that was Ben Franklin that said that. <laughs> yeah. Very different than Buddha. That's so funny that we're just mixing up. If there's no humor in heaven, then there's no mind in heaven. Because, oh, because it takes understanding to What is heaven, though? I, I mean, what is... Right. So you're what saying that... To me, to me I, feel, I feel like heaven is justice, where everything is right. Like, there's no disease. There's no, like, inequality. There's no racism. There's no poverty. There's no things that, like, make existence miserable. It's interesting that you say that. You know what I mean? It's justice it, to me. But, it's like, that's fair. But is that what you're saying, doctor, is that... There's no mind in heaven because there's no, there's nothing to process, well, yeah. n- nothing to problem solve. It's but just pure bliss. So there's no reason to understand. <laughs> so, oh, so well, but so, that's a paradox then, because if what you enjoy is problem solving, then heaven for you would be a plethora of problems to solve, right? Because the idea of heaven is like a perfect place. It's like the, it's the place where you would feel the most at peace, right? Isn't that the idea? And if you'd feel at, p- at peace solving problems... Well, wait a minute. Suppose you meet St. Peter, and Peter says, are you a comic or a tragic figure? Because you're going to go one of the other places. You mean that oh. Peter's going to give you the option? Well, but that just seems like St. Peter would be undereducated. If, if, comedy, if comedy presupposes you're going to mistreat and treat someone unjustly, then you go one place. Does it presuppose that? I don't oh, think it does. What is the nature of humor? Is a person who is the object of the humor treated fairly and justly? Or do we feel superior to them? And in our superiority, we laugh like hell because we see we are superior to them. I, I mean, I think it depends on the, on the comic because it depends on the perspective because 
certain, I, I see what you're saying there because there are comedians that do the thing where they're like, oh, I saw this the other day. This is like, uh, they might judge a person saying someone is stupid, whether it be a person that's falling off a skateboard, whether it be a government shutting down. Um, that's, that is a style. But then there are also the people that, um, like Dave, you're kind of, uh, you're the hero in your own tragedy. That's, that's what's going on in your stand-up act. Sure. Where you're like, these things happen to me, and I do not know what to do with them. Right. Right. Um, Hassan, I would say that you're, you're just a tiny bit more of an instigator. I, say, I would say that you, you kind of you make But I think the root of things. all comedy is self-deprecation, even if it's mean-spirited, because I think it's relatability. Like, I laugh at someone falling off a skateboard because, because first of all, because it looks funny. And that's sort of intangible. It, things that look funny, people who, like, look funny in their actions, comic actors, you know, that is sort of like, why is that funny to me? I don't yeah. know. I remember, I remember when it, I was in preschool. That's so funny. In preschool... There were like there were five balls. Miss Bell had laid out five balls. Four were red, one was blue. And she was like, uh, what do you notice about this? And she's like, isn't that blue ball funny? And I was like, what? that's not funny. It didn't do anything silly. But she's like, no, it's different. It's like, it's, fu- it's unlike the rest. I think that's wrong. I think it's feeling, I think that's, it's she the opposite. She was trying to use I, these balls to present racism. Yeah, that's <laughs> very weird, yeah. No, but Isn't so, racism hilarious? No, no, no. But I saw it as like, okay, I get what you're saying. Inc- something's incongruent. It's Something inconsistent. Is inconsistent with, in, and I think that's what you're talking about with like the whole like, with you watching a dude fall off a skateboard. Like it's we're used to kind of symmetry, balance, people walking normally. But and I then thi- to see a dude go whoop and like eat it is like so funny. But I think the reason that I laugh is that I understand what's happening to him. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, okay, there's a level of there's like, like oh, a I relatability know. in all laughter. I think. Is it common because he was so stupid he didn't see the banana peel? Banana peel on the skateboard. Wait, so is that, so then how much of that is when we, like, at open mics, when a guy will do a joke and just straight airball, like crickets, and then the comics in the back will die? Are we laughing be- out of pure, like, we're evil? Because we know what's happening to him. Or because, because we know, like, we know what that's like. Some people to laugh exert. out of pure evil because yeah. they're not nice people. Right. But most people, are, you know, are nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why we're, that's definitely why I will laugh at somebody. To be like, oh, Especially I Especially at someone who I think is funny, uh-huh. that is doing horribly, then I think it's hilarious that this audience does not understand. <laughs> right. And right. I, re- I laugh from a place of relief that it is not me that is up there. But I also laugh from a place of recognition that it has been me yeah, 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 up yeah. there. Okay, totally. Totally. Can I ask okay. you this question? So, Who's you? Um, Dr. Pierre. Okay. Um, as y- you do seem pretty funny. Like you do kind of have like a... You could be maybe a comic. I don't know. But, uh, okay, I, this is the question that I had with happiness. This is something that I've been trying to figure out. So in terms of happiness, one thing I've kind of kind of struggled with is like um, people say that as comics we should feel like very blessed and happy that we're getting to do and pursue something that we love like it's our passion so the, the fact that we're of that few small minority in the world that gets to do what they love to do we should feel happy but like comedians as a whole no matter where they are on the totem pole of success just seem unhappy why is that I'd like to acknowledge the president of Matt Knudsen and yeah. Dave Anthony in the room <laughs> Okay, Speaking no, of unhappy. I'll, I'll give you a problem. <laughs> Speaking of people that are miserable, we have to know. Go ahead, Dr. Osama. Okay. If there is a comic figure and we're laughing at him, 
how could that person no longer be comic? Did he get an insight at that moment and no longer be comic? Are we laughing at some ignorance? But what would happen if that, is it possible that the comic figure should suddenly become wise and escape the existence of the human? Must he remain what he is while we laugh? Say the, the, the guy tripping on the skateboard somehow turns that into a brilliant piece of gymnastics and lands on his feet. It is no longer funny. He solved the problem. Yeah, but that, then I'd go, whoa. Like, I'd be like, oh, whoa, which yeah, is the opposite. Oh, oh, that's interesting. That's true. Yeah. Huh. Um, well, no, what was your but question? Then it's also so, so, so the unhappiness thing, right? So a lot, like, I think it's pretty, this is, I, of course, this is a sweeping generalization, but I'd say a majority of comedians, regardless of where they stand on the totem pole of success, and success, there, there's a myriad of factors that determine that, seem unhappy. I have this theory. This is the thing that I'm working on. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'd like to open it up to you guys. I feel like I saw this really cool video on Upworthy, which was it, uh, it tested people's, like, um, like, what's going on in their brain and when they were happiest. Uh, a doctor asked these people to sit down and write a letter to someone that they love. And so they wrote this letter to any person. Some, some guy was like, I wrote this to my mom. I wrote this to my brother. I wrote this to my roommate. And we, we weren't, you know, we haven't spoken in 10 years. And then they were like, can you call them right now and read this letter to them? And they, they called that, that person right then and there and read the letter to them. And there was this spike in terms of like uh, serotonin and all this stuff in, in happiness. And uh, they were like, you know, the, the kind of the moral of the story was to, you know, like if you, happiness comes from loving others and conveying that, uh, give, giving something and being part of something greater than yourself. And I one of my theories maybe why as to why uh, a lot of comedians, maybe we may feel unhappy even though we're doing what we love to do is that a lot of times the jokes and the laughter are just for us. And maybe we're not making it about changing people or sharing something greater, being a part of something greater than ourselves. You think? You get what you I'm think saying? think we're only taking, we're totally. not giving? Totally. Like our, our Twitter feed, our Facebook, my our special, me, 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 laugh at me, my success, my IMDb profile, my status, my thing in the community. But it's like, what value have you added to somebody else's life? Or maybe you have added value, you've inspired other people, but have you made a conscious effort? The same way you well, did in that exercise, like, dear mom, thank you for this, and the time you did this, and blah, 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 and I love you. It's interesting, because making people laugh is doing something for them. Sure. But you're right. I don't, can, I don't like, think of it that way a lot of the time. I would love to hear you guys' take on it. This is just a theory. I was like, why is it? Like, like um, What's up, Aaron? My, my sister asks me all the time. She's like, I don't get it. Like, she's like, because she's in law school, she's like, I'm surrounded by people that are doing what they have to do, because a job, it's a paycheck, it's a this or that, and she's like, you've won, and yet you're always, you know, like, I, I know that you and your friends or whatever, you guys are around each other, you're always talking about how something isn't working out the way you want it to work out, but you should be. Um, uh, here's what my, my response to that is, uh, could be summed up with the phrase, I give and I give and I give. Meaning that we're constantly the ones putting the stuff out. Uh -huh. But it's possibly rare that we feel we get back what we put out. Um, that oh, laughter, oh, laughter is a lot, right? Laughter is a lot, but we become uh -huh. used to it. We, we, it becomes familiar. It's true. It's no longer a surprise. It's no longer a bonus or an addition into our lives. It's an expected result from years of being able to do this and being able to hone one's craft. Uh -huh. Thus, because we have taken what it is that we enjoy and turned it into a profession, 
We have to find things that we enjoy outside of the profession. We've turned our passion into work. Uh, so you have to find something outside of the work, whether it be tables, chairs, and oak and chests. For some reason, that's it for me. I was like, I would like to build things. But what about perspective? What about being like, no, this is like an amazing like blessing and well, but you, you still I mean? have to go out of that. That's just the thing. You have to go out of what you're doing to have perspective on it. Oh, okay. I get what you you're can't say what color your house is when you're standing inside of it. Okay. My favorite metaphor. <laughs> that is a very common, well-known metaphor that everyone uses all the time. I love <laughs> it. I love it. That's my response. Anybody else? Go. Do it. Boom. Well, I also think that the nature of the entertainment industry is is just one that can drive you nuts. It's a, making it is amorphous. Like how to do it, it's very difficult. And so, I mean, we all want things. We all want that promotion or that new job or to start our own company or whatever it is that we want. And in comedy, there are millions of things laid out in front of you. There are like TV shows and the possibility of like a book deal, making movies, getting big shows, going on tour, opening for this comic, doing uh -huh. this, doing that getting on a podcast network, you know, anything. Uh -huh. And so there are so many things... Check out allthingscomedy.com. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things that you could want that seem like you would be perfect for, and you can't get them because there are thousands and thousands of comics, and there's no, like, road laid out for you to get those things. So I feel like we're all, like, even... It seems like even famous comics are just throwing paint at the wall forever. And uh, But why is the process itself not enough to give you... give because comedians as a whole happiness. I think like my buddy. This was this this was such a like a, a reckoning thing for me. My buddy uh, who I grew up with uh, back in in like Sacramento. He got he has like a, um he got a government job. He got hired there. Okay. And he's like this. Is I'm sorry. You said he got hired there. I like that. Like, At the yeah. government. Like the government's like a store in a mall. Yeah, yeah. He has like a state job, but he was like, "This is awesome," and like other outsiders may have been like what are you talking about? Like, this is terrible. He's like, no. Like, he's like, I show up, I open up Pandora, I G-chat my friends, <laughs> I take that money, I go home, I buy, like, a flat screen and a DVR, and I'm a part of a, a, a kickball league, and, like, I right. see the people I love, and he's like, I'm happy. And I'm like, wait a second. So without any, quote-unquote, pursuing any, quote-unquote, passion, you're happy. You're happier than arguably maybe the biggest comic or the biggest entrepreneur in the world right now. Maybe you figured it out. Well, okay, I would say that not everyone understands themselves. So maybe he doesn't know he's not happy. That's just oh, a possibility. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I no. Mean, we're not inside that mofo's head. Wait, I'm just giving a possibility. I'm not saying, hey, that guy can go to hell. Never met him. Fuck him. I'm not uh -huh. saying that. Uh -huh. I'm just saying I it's think possible. that's what you're saying. No, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but Dave, we've, we've talked about this, right? Also, like, all of us kind of, like, came out here. We, like, left our loved ones and certain people behind to be here and there's and, and the more the longer you stay doing comedy well that's another thing there's a thing in your brain when you have something that you're obsessed with that like not not everybody has that and that's fine uh -huh. that's another thing too maybe he just doesn't have that thing uh sure and he like what he aspires to is to do is to lead a stable life and uh you know his, his passion is kickballing the community that he's in his passion is his connectivity to all these different hearts and souls that he knows. So he doesn't need to be like the most quote unquote important person to strangers. Right. Like well, that's a specific Johnny McComedian, but to the people that he knows that are right. in his kickball league, that work at his office of the government at the mall, 
or his family. It's like, not the mall, dude. It's the Cali PA. Man. I know. I'm just joking. Don't, don't hate <laughs> on me. I'm not. Just, just, I, know, I know. It's totally, it's totally cool. It's totally cool. Uh, so like that, that's his, what he wants and what he has. Right. Is he's but, important to people he's important, that are important to him. But right. also, I, I do think what I said before about maybe he's not totally happy is possible because that's happened to me. Like, I, mm. I used to live in an apartment in Filipino town, and it was nice, it was cheap, I lived, I, my roommate, I loved him, and uh, I was like, dude, I'm happy here, this is a great place. And after a year, I moved out, we just had to, and I got a new place in Silver Lake, and my first day in my new apartment, I was like, oh my God, I was depressed every time I walked into my, my apartment, and I Whoa. had no idea. I didn't know, because it was my reality. I just... I would come home and I would go inside and it bummed me out to be in there because of both the layout and the neighborhood. Like, I mean, my like a friend of mine got stabbed in that neighborhood at some point. It was like, you know, it was real fun. Well, uh, but does that mean that what is the reality? How you feel about the present in the present, or how you feel about the past in the future? Uh, that's an uh, interesting way to say that. Uh, because in the I, moment when you were there and you said that you were happy, you were happy. When you thought about it in retrospect, you're like, I was depressed. But isn't that irrelevant? It's not irrelevant because I wasn't happy. I was wrong, and I know that I was wrong because it was a chemical feeling. You I were, felt a an incredible like release and but relaxation. But you were indi- you were indirectly forced out of that. It wasn't your choice to be like, man, I should step out of this. Exactly, and it took leaving it to realize yeah, yeah, yeah. that even just even the living there, like through my day to day, it was bumming me out. You don't you don't think uh, you think I'm wrong. You think that I'm lying to myself. No, no, no. I don't. No, uh, I was just going to ask the doctor what he's thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> he seems like he's having a good time. <laughs> See, I think you're putting your finger on the uh, theme of happiness in humans. Right? You feel happy, but isn't it illusion? And doesn't that make us comic or tragic? No, I feel happiness is like super well, real. You can feel I think happy it's a- over humor, then it's passing, and then where are you left? What are you left with? The memory? Hey, That's I that, that, that last. happy. I feel happy. Woo! I found something comic. I feel happy. Wow, we all feel ha- happy. It's over. No, but the memory well, I think of, that's that, why, of that you know, amazing thing came out. I think, well, he said, you know what happiness is in a joke? Uh-huh. It's an enlightenment. It doesn't matter. So happiness, happiness is the moment. Yeah, only in the moment. So I'm, but when you think about the happiness, you're like, nah, maybe I wasn't happy. Right. Happy, well, happy in the present. You're like, I'm happy. I, I don't think are. I was even talking about happiness before. I was talking about like feeling okay. Like I didn't. Re- I think you cannot realize that you you're not having a good time <laughs> if you're not paying attention to it. Huh. Uh, as do you far think as a similar analogy? Being al- fleeting. I don't know. That's really interesting. Do you think a similar similar analogy to that would be like if like all of a sudden you got really really healthy and you're just like, wow. A year ago, that was my norm, and now I'm like this, and my body's running so efficiently. Yeah. Like I can't believe I just lived in that reality and accepted. Dude, it happened it. to me when I quit smoking. Have you ever, you know, how like, uh, you ever heard a song from your past, uh, uh-huh. a song that you didn't realize was important or that you heard a lot? This uh-huh. y- here's a big song for me, uh, "Freshman" by the Verve Pipe. I wasn't a big Verve Pipe fan, but when I hear that song, it puts me in a very specific place, and it is a very sad place incredibly sad. That song came out when I was in like ninth or 10th grade. Uh, and I didn't feel overwhelmingly, I don't remember being walking around going, mm, but it was this, this like 
this like very specific emotion that I that I'm like filled with that it was the the emotion that I had all the time and it was just sort of like lower in happiness than I am now. It was like I didn't go through my day like oh, I'm going to kill myself, but I was in a much sadder place and I didn't realize it until like I have perspective, you know? And now I hear the song and I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't want to ever be 14 again." You know what I mean? Wow, okay. So you use Jomer to feel good. Not be good. Are you saying that that we use humor to feel good, not be good? I'm being honest. I'm no. getting a lot of these questions. I'm lost. I'm, I'm really lost. Well, I think that it. you're talking about humor from a perspective of humor has to have like an object that the that the humor is taking away from, right? But I don't know if that's true. Wait, what do you? I'm sorry. What do you mean? It seems like before you uh, like. Doctor, when you've been talking about humor, you've been talking about it like there's there's the subject of the of the jokes. Um, so, I, I, what you are, is what you're saying that you that you need to that we need to take advantage of another person in order to make us laugh, or take advantage of something in order to make us laugh? Did I misunderstand you there? Yeah, well, I, I think they're two different things. <laughs> Would you not agree as, you're, as the way you're presenting it? The impact of being humorous makes you happy. You're open. There's a freedom. There's a sincerity you then experience. Sure. What about the object? See, that's personal. There are different kinds of humor. Satire, jokes. There's a whole range of different things. They take different states of mind to produce humor. But to look for humor so you feel good, that's good. But is that enough? Or do you have to illuminate something to show somebody the absurdity in something they never saw before and put it in such a way they can laugh at their own ignorance? Then you're doing something different. You mean humor for oneself as opposed to humor for the sake of being funny for oneself as opposed to humor to illuminate something to an object to someone else. Oh, okay. You know, like what Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm I'm You're talking about the audience. Yes. Whatever yeah, the audience is. But what is it in, that you're doing in the to object? The I audience. thought you meant I was hearing the subject. Okay, that's interesting. I I don't, okay, I'm going to be honest, I don't totally know what we're talking about. I'm uh, so lost. <laughs> I'm lost. Awesome. I'm lost. I get lost We sometimes. did it. I'm uh, Good night, pretty Neverland. dumb. Uh, um, Can we talk about this other subject I wanted to ask you about? Sure. It's a related subject. Are we, are we still going to go down happiness? Uh, we well, no. did you ask your question about happiness? Because I was. I, I, I actually, did ask my question about happiness. But I, don't, I feel like I don't exactly know what the question was. It was just, uh, do you want me to say it again? Yeah, please. I said a lot of comics feel unhappy. Mm -hmm. And uh, my sister was just like, why are you unhappy? You're part of the minority. They get to do what they want to do. Why are you unhappy when then you get to do I it? Then I had this theory where I, was, I saw that video where they did that study where people wrote a letter to someone they loved, called that person, and they said they loved them, and the theory was is that, like, oh, you feel happiness from affecting another person's life, being charitable, giving rather than receiving, to be part of something greater than yourself. Love, right? So I was like, oh, maybe that's why, like, a lot of times comics, in our quest to become comedians and become, quote-unquote, successful, it's all about us, 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 and we're not a part of something bigger than ourselves, and because of that, we feel unhappy. That was my theory. And I was like, do you guys believe that's true? Perhaps there's another way to look at it. And then we went back to like humor when it's at yourself or is it towards someone else? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> well, but that's, but, but 
What? You, you, it's all it's all coming together. I, I mean, like I, we did talk about it, but you feel like you didn't get an answer necessarily. Yeah, but it's okay. Well, you you said you wanted to hear different people's opinions. Yes. Did so you did you get what I said? Um, no. Well, we were talking about your friend that is happy when he's yes. Not. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, and then so then we get we went down that rabbit hole for a bit. Okay, yeah. yeah. That was like a that was like a matrix thing where you're like maybe he hasn't even realized he he, he took the wrong pill and like he doesn't. <laughs> It's kickball league and all that stuff. He doesn't even know what type, what's on the other, if he takes the red pill or the blue pill. That's true. That's a good, that's a good analogy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. He has no, like, that's what Echo But Park it also is totally possible to that, but that uh, he, he just doesn't have that thing in his brain that the three of us have. But that's ignorance yeah. is bliss, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's, if you're unaware that you're ignorant, you feel kind of good about it. Ignorance is bliss, yeah. Sure. One of my friends had only had sex with a condom, and then, um, and then he recently had sex without a condom, and he was like... Holy shit. <laughs> prime example. That's a prime example. That is a prime example. That w- the condom was his Filipino town, and then having sex without the condom was Echo Park. Like, <laughs> whoa, there's so much to experience exactly. here. Thank you, Hassan. Oh, I'm just man. trying to ground it. Let's, 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 okay. Hassan and I have a new co- uh, podcast coming out. It's called No Condoms. No Condoms. With Hassan and with Dave. With Hassan and Dave. <laughs> um, anxieties. So anxiety is something that me, Dave, and Baron, I think we're all anxiety buddies. I know about in that. My, in my mind. Yeah, oh, know. yeah, sure. And then Jake's also another uh, uh, anxiety bud that I talked talk to. But um, I've never once been anxious. I get anxi- anxiety from, I thought about it, like, what's the root of it? And the, I think the, the issue that I have with it is that sometimes I feel everything won't be okay. So I talked to my grandmother. She's like 84. And her whole, I, I try to take wisdom from people that are older or are They've come to terms with mortality and just what's about to happen. And my grandma's always like, you, just st- you need to stop being anxious. Everything will be okay. Don't worry. And then she means that in the most sweeping way possible. Like, everything will work out. Everything. Financially, health, all that. It will just all pan out. It'll be okay. Do you feel the reason why a lot of times you feel anxious, you feel anxious, maybe even you feel anxious, is because you don't think everything will be okay? Please don't answer with a philosophical question. Please don't answer with a philosophical question. Please don't answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, have you ever read any? Is any that books? fair for me to say? Okay. Not necessarily. Go ahead. No. Okay. Um, have you ever read any um, sacred scriptures of any? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Are there any jokes in them? No. There's no jokes. What do you think of that? No religious literature are they jokes. That's kind of a. Uh, I've never thought of that. No, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't I mean, know. Jesus and Buddha, what are the prophets? They didn't find anything funny. There's, I mean. Well, if they did, they didn't put it in the book. Right. How come? I think the thing that they wanted to get to was just kind of, let's get to business. Let's handle the big things first. Is there any, is there any role, therefore, for humor in, in spiritual life? Or in a mature life? Or is it all peripheral? Doesn't make any sense. We joke at things. We dismiss them. We have a moment of fun. We drop it. Or can it inter- can, can it reveal something that's worth seeing? Oh, totally. I think like there's. Bob Hope used to be. He once was asked, "What's the nature of your humor?" He says, "I know one thing: never make any fun of anything other than yourself." See, kept away from social issues, political everything. That's just the basis of his humor. Yeah. Everybody loved it. No one was upset. Humor should upset people. Should wake them up. 
I think there's a certain threshold. It should, uh, it should upset some people, but not too many. Like, like there's a certain threshold. So you should be able to win. Otherwise, we've all seen that open micer that's just like, fuck all of you. And then everyone's like, I hate you. And then he's like, you're just not with it, man. I'm ahead of the, I'm ahead of the curve. You, there, there's a certain threshold of you can have maybe 20% or 25%. Yeah, what do you make of the fact that what's going on today you? is satire on TV on political issues? I think it's great. I think John right. Stewart is amazing. That's, that's great, isn't it? Mm -hmm. A new level of humor. Right. And it's political. Yeah, it's great. And it's making points. Absolutely. Better than a speech. Yes. Insightful, using minds. But are you, how does that relate though? Because he's, he's kind of asking about um, more anxiety. I don't have any. <laughs> that's awesome. See, this is what I'm talking about. There's your answer. Um, you should meet my grandmother. Amazing. Yeah, she's the same I mean, way. Unless the coffee stinks. Right. Why, why is that? Why do you not have anxiety? Because everything will be okay? You believe everything will be all right? Why? why? Because I can find humor in everything. So you're saying that you find humor in things that, and the, that relieves your anxiety? Oh, yeah, really. I find Because the other side of humor is tragedy. If you can switch the coin, you get heads or tails, tragedy and comedy. That's life. And between the two is understanding and ignorance playing themselves out in a comic way. So I, You can laugh at anybody's tragedy, can't you? Don't we all? Right, but when you're living, you're like... We can turn it. Hey, we can turn it, can't we? Yeah, yeah. What's that moment when you can turn it from tragedy to comedy? That's insight. Yeah, realization, yeah. Right? Sure. I have a friend of mine. But also, I, it takes. You may not believe that, okay. but I have. <laughs> uh, this guy had a daughter and was wondering whether or not she was intelligent or not, see, because there's a whole issue behind this. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's see whether she can laugh at a joke. Forget the IQ test. Right? She's got a mind that she can find humor, right? Turned out that they gave her tests. Turned out, wow, she was much higher than they thought. They were going to put her in a retarded joint. I love how we've had the most <laughs> deepest philosophical <laughs> questions, and then they're going to put her in a retarded joint. Hey, man, the implications of this are St. Peter may ask you for a joke before you go to the pearly gates. Right, but right. are you saying that you're... you're oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I got some jokes right? there. Yeah, yeah. Is it what's yours? Are you saying that like you you don't have the you don't have anxiety because you can find you find humor in things you laugh you laugh at what could be your tragedy? See, the the thing that because I I know that we don't do that right 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 right, right. <laughs> because it's like we don't have the time if you will because is it tragedy plus time right so we're you're, just in the middle in of the moment. tragedy so th I had so much anxiety in middle school uh, you know, I had I so think much anxiety is a lot of baloney. Okay, you know, please. Tell Freud me. made up that idea. I don't think people have anxiety. I think they're mad. I think they're anger, angry over the injustice they experienced as kids. That anxiety is psychological BS. Uh, okay. Mike, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't know. When I was well, like in middle school and high school, it was like it wasn't anger. What if it turns out that every anxiety case, someone is really angry as hell and they can't express it? Maybe, yeah, maybe I was and like. And that when they express it, they're free. Where's the anxiety? It isn't any. It's an injustice they feel they suffered 
They wake up to it. They can express it. They're free of it. Anxiety is a BS term made up by Freud. You know, you can't believe a German anyhow, ever since they wore mustaches. It's <laughs> a good point. But, okay, that's an interesting point because it's like... This is awesome. That's an interesting idea because what it means... This, this is so is awesome. awesome. What it means for you, Hassan, is that... I, I, I'm going to try to tie this together here. Um, perhaps our anxiety comes from being angry about a situation that we're in that we feel we have no control over. Exactly. That... Uh, and my grandmother, perhaps, since she's 84, she sees her mortality. She's looking back. And she's telling me because she has time, it'll be okay. Just like I tell my nephew, who's in middle school, I'm away from it, and I go, hey, it'll be okay. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, it's all right. Because that thing that you're having anxiety over, middle school and, like, this guy who's, who's bothering you or whatever, it's meaning it, that his power and this thing, that institution of that whatever, is meaningless. It's an injustice. Yeah. It is injustice, but I want you to realize it is, like, a temporary thing. It is fleeting. You're telling me? I'm telling my my my. my oh, okay. okay. Matthew, this. It's a temporary this thing. Too. It's a fleeting thing, and it'll be okay. It, it'll be okay. Uh, but for me, I need to take some of that uh, my own medicine and realize that the day to day things that I deal with, maybe it will it will be okay, or maybe it is a fleeting thing. How do you guys deal with it? We all. That's what I'm trying to. Uh, obviously, doctor, you don't suffer from it. I just try to, it, uh, yeah, I just try to face anxieties. I fail at it all the time. It's interesting. I, it doesn't strike me as anger. Maybe uh, your anxieties come, like, start in a place of anger. But I always thought that it was just two steps to the left of fear, that it was just fight or flight. We just have this thing ingrained in our brain that tells us we got to get the hell out of here. And I, that's what anxiety always seems totally. like to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's just, like, Oh man, what if I fail this test? It's like you're just like, oh, I can't be in this situation. It's always like I can't be here. Get me out of here. I can't handle it, yeah. you know, because this is going to go badly for me in some way. Yeah, it's going to. And now, like our worries and our fears are are not that we're going to get mauled by a, you know, tiger or whatever, uh, or maybe it is for you guys. Uh, but it's more like we're going to be alone forever, you know. Sure. And so it's like I gotta run out of this situation. It's gonna make me be alone forever. That's what I always thought. Well, but I like the I like the idea of anxiety being a re a reaction to what you believe is injustice, to feeling like again that it's like that helplessness thing that you were talking about. If there are things that are being done to you that you do not feel you can do anything about, that that anxiety is sort of like the it's what it turns into it's the result of being in the situation before where you were not able to express yourself where you were not able to oh, speak to an injustice so you never voiced what you felt yeah thus and, and you internalize and it so is that anxiety time, though or well but the next time you're in that situation you're like because all my anxiety comes from what am i going to do when i get to this place like when I'm at this event, a party, for instance, I don't know how to act Can we? because I've been in the situation where I didn't know how to act. So I'm thinking about, oh, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm sort of replaying a situation. How that am hasn't I going happened. to rectify this situation from my past in this future situation? That's yeah. what you're saying. But Dave, yeah. when right. you say you face your anxiety, and, and with using Farron's example, then the way you would face your anxiety in that situation is to go to the party and be like. I'm barren, like being like, you know, right. the opposite of. And when I do that, I get kicked out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Wick! 
and then I never had to deal with it. Think about it again. <laughs> it's interesting. The thing about justice and injustice. I I guess like I have a lot of anxiety around people not hearing me. Like I think my number one fear is probably being uh, going uh, being wrongfully imprisoned. Like someone who looks like me killing someone and then me just going to jail, oh, you know, man. forever. I mean, uh, I have seen some descriptions of criminals before. Exactly. And, and I kind of if you just are wearing a hoodie. Totally. Maybe sunglasses, beard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but like, I, and this is so silly. Uh, I hate the movie Meet the Parents uh, <laughs> because. <laughs> And it's because it gives me extreme anxiety to watch it because the main character, Ben Stiller, is just, he's like just being nice and being taken incorrectly in every single action. And I realize it's uh, a comedy. Injustice? In, in injustice, exactly. Uh, that, was, that was one of the things I wrote down. I wrote down Justice, Meet the Parents. I wanted to talk hilarious. about it. Because I, like, people are like, I love that movie, it's so funny. And I can't, I realize there are jokes in it, but he experiences such injustice on a social level that right. I can't take it. Uh, and uh, and so I don't know. I maybe I'm contradicting myself now because I do experience uh, anxiety around those things. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's also it's more like I think that is still fight or flight. It's the fight side of it though. It makes me want to like strangle people. Like anxiety, just anxiety. listen to what he's saying. Right. You know what I mean? Anxiety is so frustrating because there's no way you can manifest it. Right. So you're watching Meet the Parents. You can't go up to Robert De Niro and be like, are you not understanding what he's saying? <laughs> That's why it's so frustrating. Right. Just like with middle school for me, I'm like, I don't like it here. How do I express that to everybody that's around me, to the people that are... Tr it's, there's just no tangible button to push to make it end. You just have yeah. to experience it and go through it. That's so the, the frustrating thing. If you could thing. express at that moment with humor, what would happen? It would release some tension, I guess. What would happen to your anxiety? Maybe it'd go somewhere, yeah. It'd be gone. Yeah. What do you make of that? Humor is a most fundamental psychotherapeutic tool for mankind. If you could get people to learn how to laugh at themselves, uh-uh, better than that. Whatever people have done to you, and you turn around and see the humor in it. Wow, yeah, that's, that's true. I, it yeah. totally disarms bullies, you know? Yeah. You know, and why I don't mean if that. If some as bully like a very, were to a, clown you and you laugh at the joke that he's making, I'm fun talking of you. about any type of bully. Well, that's you know? how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Baron's perfect. Yeah, no, because when I was and, being and then Hugh Baron made, levitating. If I was being made fun of, because I feel like, and this is a, uh, <laughs> I want to say this is like a black thing, but it's like I just remember just like someone trying to say to clown trying to say something <laughs> insulting to me, right, in a group of people, the group goes, oh, and I'm like, that's not that good. That's how I stopped getting made fun of because I'm like, what you said is not funny. <laughs> yeah. What you, what you said was not funny. That's not that good. You guys should stop owing. That's unoriginal. Here's what you could have said. And then I would rewrite his insult uh -huh. and give, so it, great. give it back to him to the point where everyone's like, I don't get it. And then they just walk away. Like, the, it just diffused the entire situation. You would frustrate the bullies, basically? I'd frustrate the bullies that they, they couldn't get to me because I was funnier than they were. Is that, is that where your joke that skeet, beep, boo doo doo doo? Yes, yeah, 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 yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing it right. I don't <laughs> no, know if that's it's actually pretty accurate. Is that really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, have to, I have a joke in my act where I talk about um, 
this is the way that I talk, which is why I'm funny, because I grew up in a neighborhood where people got stabbed and shot, especially from this one kid called Stabby Stabby Gunshots. <laughs> and I had to be funny, otherwise I, I had to be funny, you gotta get funny quickly or you get killed slowly. So that was my response, just kinda like, I will shoot you until you are stabbed. And then I'd be like, why would you wanna shoot me? Scoot, dee, doop, doop, dee, 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 doop. You're right, the world needs clowns. That's my, that's exactly what that was. That's yeah. exactly, yeah, that's his that's scoop, seventh, beep, that's beep, seventh beep, grade. Yeah, that is seventh grade. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anything else, David? David? I don't know, man. I I don't think so. I think we covered it. Um, <laughs> any uh, any closing things that anybody wants to say? Because I think we are. I mean, I'm looking at the time. I think we did pretty good here. I mean, uh, hey, how you guys doing? Uh, uh, Keith and the girl just walked in. The girl has a name. Kemda uh, is her name. Yes, I know that. Yeah, no, you, um, don't. you didn't know that. Okay, what? You I say win. I didn't? I win. Don't. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if the audience can hear the audience at home uh, or on your wherever you are, car, driving that truck, on the thing where you run for health. <laughs> You got a big. I think it's called a truck. Got a big truck driver fan base. I do actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Wait, really? <laughs> one guy. I know one guy. Oh yeah. yeah. He talked to me uh, in San Francisco. It doesn't matter. Uh, his name's Juan. <laughs> hey, what's up, Juan? Juan owns a truck. Listens yeah, to your he's podcast. a truck driver. Cool. It doesn't matter. So anyway, anything anyone want to say that uh, for closing, closing thoughts, Jerry Springer moment? Uh, just thoughts? thanks, man. Thanks for having me, dude. This was yeah, fun. thank you. It was nice to meet thanks you for too, Doctor Grimes. Dr. Grimes. Yes, thank you, you Dr. Dr. Grimes. <laughs> Dr. Grimes, that last point was really great. We, you really, you it all came the together. It yeah. all came together. <laughs> it really all came together. We did it, guys. We got deep on this shit. Right on. Good night forever. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Uh, you want to do some stand-up while sitting? No. Keisha wants to hear stand-up. Now, now there's a drummer, we can have some fun. <laughs> Boom. All right, thanks, guys. All right, we are in a circle, a talking circle. This is deep. It's serious. I feel like this is serious. Yeah, it is serious, man. Baron Vaughn, host of Deep Shit. You just got to... Now, now that I say the name of your podcast, it gets less well, it serious. Well, it is a joke. Deep Shit. Yeah. Uh, now, when you spell it out, though, I've seen it... Is it do you spell it Deep Shit or is it Deep... It's Deep S uh, pound pound exclamation point because iTunes does not approve of vulgarity in the spelling of words. So, so I had to make a kind of a, You had censored. I had to make a censored version of it, yeah. But it's fine. I kind of like the way it looks aesthetic. Yeah. Aesthetically. Like, I like it. Like, pound, pound, boom. I'm kind with your like, guests. Let's, yes. let's introduce yourselves. I'll bring it around the circle. Okay. Asa Minaj. There you go. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's Dr. Pierre Grimes. That's it. Pierre, Pierre Grimes. Grimes. There yes. it is. Keisha McDonald. Keisha was not on the on the podcast today, but she is a fan of the podcast, and she's one of the reasons that Dr. Grimes is here. Oh, excellent. Yes. I, that's one question I wanted to ask you yeah. is how do you because you do a mix of comedy and then you tackle you tackle a uh, a, a specific ism or well, I just I just figured that like funny people are funny. Yeah. So I don't need so, to write bits. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, if we just have a discussion about interesting stuff, the way that we present our ideas, the way that we explain things will be hilarious, I hope. But generally, it works out. Yeah. But no, I, I, what I was saying is, how do you get lined up with the different experts? Like, uh, Pierre? Well, this is the first time that I've had, like, uh, uh, an actual... Uh, a person that knows some stuff <laughs> uh, on the on the podcast, um, and actually Keisha was listening because I, I basically made a call out to people that listen that like I wanted to do this live oh. podcast, and I said like if you know I'm getting the inside I'm getting the exactly. inside scoop if you if you say if you want to know if you know philosophy professors anthro socio gender studies race studies whatever um, I'm I'm interested in in that so yeah. um, so a friend of yours right yes. A friend of Keisha's named Daniel Yes, um, wrote me an email and said, have I got a guy for you? Pierre, and here's I the guy thought right all these people, based on your website, were your followers. Like it was almost... No, but like, they don't follow very closely. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, whoa, he has these loyal like four to five people that walk <laughs> around with them. That's why I was like, oh, it's a, this is his philosophical... You thought it was a cult situation? Yeah, yeah. People make fun of Floyd Mayweather all the time because he has an entourage. So, you know... Religious leaders and philosophers. And I also like had that. an entourage, but it's yeah. mostly teddy bears <laughs> and ketchup packets. <laughs> what does that mean? Because I just keep my ketchup packets. Oh, what? By the way, speaking of anxiety, Pierre. So anxiety is one of the things we talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I watched. Yeah, I was, so, I was so um, you had anxiety, but now we can talk about this now because it already happened. But yep. you had anxiety before the podcast. You're like, this, this is going to be a train wreck. But if it is, we'll all go down together. Well, because, because. Ah, uh, yeah, I wrote an email to... But that goes back to, is it going to be okay? Yeah, it is. Well, it's just because I was flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. You know, um, I've never done a podcast with more than one person. It's always a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So I was like, it's going to be four people. I was uh, I had anxiety about overlapping and talking or misunderstandings, which happened a little bit, but that's natural. Yeah. You know, when there's a bunch of people talking. So I'm fine now. But it was just kind of like <laughs> I I created this loose structure for what I how I thought it could go or it would go. Yeah. Um. But now that we've done this, I have ideas on how to kind of tweak it for next time. Pierre, can I apologize? I'm sorry. Apologize for what? Well, uh, up over there, like sometimes when things would I get lost, I would I would get upset, and I just wanted to say that I was upset by that. So one of the things that I've always been frustrated about since I was a kid is whenever I'd ask an elder person a question, they would answer a question with a question. Yeah. And it's yeah. always made me mad. And I'm like, no, you're the teacher. You're supposed to tell me. Yeah. I'm supposed to go, oh, wise one. I'm young Pedawan. Please teach me, Jedi. And the Jedi's not supposed to answer a question with a question. It's always frustrated yeah. me. That's the difference between teaching and learning. I have a grandson, see, and he's trying to learn the bicycle, right? And I gave him my, I had a good book on bicycle riding, and I, I read it to him. And then I got a film on how to ride a bicycle, and I made him look at it. And the dumb son of the gun, you know what? <laughs> he couldn't ride that goddamn bicycle down the street. Even with the book and no, the no, video on bicycle? That's teaching. Oh, that's teaching, okay. He now has to learn. And he ain't going to use my lecture, and he's not going to use the videotape. What is he going to do? He's going to do it himself. Fall. Teach himself. That's yeah. learning. Yeah. He's going to eventually be able that's to do it. So the guy who turned a question around to you with another question is trying to get you to learn something if he's got a mind. Boom! If he's got a mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I fall back into a pool and I'm in that's exception. Right. 
<laughs> where I fall back into another sink and then I'm in the so first learning, level of life. I'm learning you have I mean, to there's going to be a top sink behind me. <laughs> wait, wait, say that again? Sorry? Really? Okay, what's up? The essential thing in learning is you have to first see that you're ignorant. And that means you have to make mistakes and you're finished and you don't know what the hell Full to do. Full acceptance of that. Now oh, I'm learning. a full believer in that. Now, now learning. Because everything you tried is all the advice you've been given. Uh, and if it worked, you wouldn't need to learn anything. Because you've been taught. Won't work with how many things? Everything worthwhile in life. Because you know what? All the people that go to college, you know what? That? They're dangerous. Why? Because they have knowledge and they don't have any, yeah. any insight. <laughs> right? They make the bombs. Right? They design wars. They do everything absurd, don't they? Yeah. Right? That's what our colleges do. Produce people who only got what? Memories of what they've been taught. They haven't learned anything. Right. Isn't that the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Um, knowledge is just like raw information, wisdom, the ability to no, take no, that information. No such thing. Oh, okay. That's all BS. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Look at Boom! Break. Look, look, look. You know why it's full of BS? Wisdom? By, by the way, you know anything? You heard about this thing called science? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. good. I heard about it. <laughs> good. I, I can answer a question I read, about I read, it. I read, a, I read a Facebook status you agree? about it. That what science does is they test things uh -huh. and they chuck some things, they put in other things. Right. Is it possible that the next thing they find will contradict something they've already accepted? That is very possible. That's part of science, yes. Yeah. Oh, and then something they rejected now comes back in a new form? Yes. That's science. That happens all the time, yeah. Then they never learn, they never reach knowledge. Because they're constantly contradicting themselves. Because the next thing may come along, which is which in history always takes place. Yeah, but then they create. And therefore, it's a way of just getting what they call justified belief with evidence, but it ain't going to last. There's a, it's so they, all a con. And then they create systems it's out all of a con. that temporary belief, I'll say. The whole college system is all a con. I don't I know whether to be enlightened or depressed. I got to get to this place, man. I got to get to a place all of, where I can wear khakis with no socks and tevas, and then anybody can just lay, say anything, be like, wisdom. BS, anxiety, garbage. I want that. <laughs> you understand? I, you're, Pierre, you were like. You're Finish like, that. I'm ready. No, no, no. Here it comes. You're like this other iteration of Patrice O'Neill. <laughs> you really are. I'm another. What do you call it? But you, guys are, you guys would all hang out in, in heaven if Patrice you Patrice O'Neill together. Patrice O'Neill. He said you're another iteration of Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, he passed oh, away a couple of I years ago. I gotta make sure I understand. You, what do you, yeah, you Patrice O'Neill, and the Joker from The Dark Knight would be able to chop it up about a lot of things and be like, "That's bogus. That's baloney. That's." Bo I just want to get to that point, and if I can get to this level at and on stage, great. That'd be awesome. Well, we just have to speak to the anger. Speak to the injustice, right? Let go of that anxiety. We can do it. Andy, Andy is sitting here. Wait, I'm, 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 I'm letting my device soak up. I'm not letting you want it, Tanya. No, am I, I'm I ruining right this? Am I ruining? No. no. Okay. This is what the show is. No, but I've heard, I wander into rooms and I, heard, and I no, meet no, new people. No, but I've heard some eps get pretty wild. They do well. They, they, they the episodes are many different things. Yeah, that's there's what a bunch of people okay. yelling at each other. Okay. But this is what I like about your podcast is that it, it almost seems like podcasts are reaching this place of, of therapy for the host. Almost, it, like it, comedy podcasts used to be just like and, right. and just 
Now, like, I feel like you're saying something with yours, and it's refreshing. I mean, you're I tackling things. You're getting interesting people outside of comedy. Well, Pierre said something in the podcast that uh, is is something that I really, really connect with, which is that uh, I am trying to understand myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand my own problems. I'm interested in my own problems. So, have you learned a lot about yourself through the? Definitely. Your, the process of making the You're an inquisitive person. You care about other people's problems. Calm down. So, like, the thing is, yeah. <laughs> Shut your face. No, it's true. It's true. But that's because I do care. But you're like a caring French. But that's because I care about my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that's because I care about my own problems. Mm. Because it's, it's, if I feel like I have information to share that might help you learn, then I will do that. But you might have information that will help me learn. You might have experiences and ideas about things that I haven't entertained. So I want to hear what you have to say. I feel like it's a it's a it's a give and a take. Right? Anyone? Keisha? Yeah. Good stuff. Alright, good night. <laughs> good job. I think we got clear out. I think is another podcast starting in here? Yeah, in like a couple no, minutes, like thirty. Oh, okay. Okay. That's uh is in here? Nothing's going on in here. Oh, okay. Where's that? I want to go, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with me. Always a pleasure. You've been on the show a bunch of times. Yeah. You're a regular. We'll call you a regular. A wanderer. Can I call you a, a wanderer? A friend of the show? A wanderer. A friend of wanderer? I want to wander more. Okay. I need to wander more. We'll get you. Okay. Get him. All right. Thanks. Good, good.